0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Root. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Okay. So here we are with the latest podcast. Opening a beer. Need one. (laughs) After two games against Manchester United, and we've lost both of them. Um, We've already reviewed the league match, but we're going to get into more detail about that one and a bit of a rant, I think, aren't we, Nick? from Manchester, who's joined us. Hello, Nick.
1: Hi, yeah, you know, the Northwest correspondent, a bit despondent at the moment.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, it's agony, isn't it? It's agony. We've we've gone from one extreme to the other tonight. We've gone from outrage and, well, just just fury on Saturday through to, a, well, enthusiasm that progressed into deflation tonight, I think. We're probably about to sum it up, wouldn't it? I would think?
1: Yeah, I just thought we were going to, I honestly thought we were going to win tonight. I looked at the line-up, I thought, that's a good mix. We've got some first-teamers in there, we'll get our revenge tonight. And it all just went flat, didn't it, in the end after, well, that first goal, right towards the end of the, sec- the first half, and you just thought, yeah, yeah. you know, that just took the wind out of us. I don't think we ever recovered from that. So, yeah, yeah very, right, very it? frustrating game tonight. Uh, And to pile that on top of what what happened on Saturday, you know, like I say, despondent of Manchester at the moment.
2: Yeah, in the end, they probably deserve the win tonight, but... The fact is we deserve the win at the weekend. So even if they did deserve the win tonight, we deserve to win it based on
1: Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Have you got your bleak machine on? Because if we're going to talk about Saturday, you're going to need it. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: Please feel free, fill your boots if you need to. We'll put we'll put a swear warning on the episode so you can say where you want me. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that first actually. Let's let us we will get on to tonight's match later. Let's take it chronologically. So the weekend, Saturday, um, Let yeah, give me both Daryls, what, what's your view on it overall, and what in particular annoyed you the most about it?
1: Right. Well, where do I start? I'm going to start with the overall performance. Overall performance was fantastic. I, you know, every single player, you could, it's hard to criticise, isn't it, when you, everything's stacked against you, you've got the refs stacked against you, you've got the media stacked against you, you've got everything was against us in that game. There's nothing we could have done, you know, to get to the 100th minute and we're still playing football. Then, what can I say, right? The the final whistle is blown. Final whistle. After the team are down the tunnel and he calls them back and he gives a penalty. Explain that to me. How can that be right? I I just don't understand that. Um, You know, it's, it's always the same with us. We score a goal. We score a great goal. And then they go and score within what is it, sixty, seventy seconds again? It's just, again it happens, you know, and 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 then we go on and we get a, we recover in the ninety fifth minute. The whistle should have blown literally thirty seconds later. And the guy goes and plays another two and a half minutes, wasn't it? Two and a half minutes of extra time. Yeah, something like. Go that. like mm-hmm. uh, and and then you know, before the ball was even handballed, the ball had been played out. If it, if, if I, why wasn't that? examined, was not that looked at? There were so many things in that game that you could go, but basically we were robbed. Uh, You know, there's nothing... Well, I I feel we were robbed. What do you think?
2: 100% agree with you. Completely and utterly robbed. Uh, On the timekeeping, we'll get into the whole detail later, but in the timekeeping in particular, I completely agree with you. Uh, The games which go to 100 minutes are usually just where there's been a serious injury in the second half or there's been something exceptional going on elsewhere, you know, like floodlight failure or something or whatever. Well, even then, that's, that just gets stopped, doesn't it, and, post, and paused. Yeah. Um, and there was nothing towards happened. The goal celebration lasted longer than average because it was seen as a last-minute equaliser to yeah. clinch a point. So there was extra time added on for that, perhaps. And I look back at it and accounting for that extra time and accounting for the fact that a substitution was finishing happening as the Mm. 90 minutes started as well. Even accounting for that as well, we went over by a good 10 to 15 seconds minimum when they won the corner. And then the corner comes in and the handball occurs. So it's a moot point, whether it's the final whistle or not. It's a moot point about that. Apparently, the the rules have been clarified in the media that actually the game can be pulled back. So fine, if if that's the case, fine. But the fact is, it shouldn't have got to Harry Maguire's head still mm. in play, because the final whistle should have blown by then. So, end of story, it should be at least a point based on so, that alone.
1: So, 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 we were robbed. I mean, end of, we were robbed. Yeah, yeah, they added yeah. two minutes of extra time that should never have been added, and we lost the, we lost the match on that. But if you just wind back, if you go back, and you go like, why is it we've got this sort of thing about giving away goals straight after we've scored... Mm. Uh, this seems to be a thing at the moment yeah, yeah. with us At the, you know we, we, we're giving away goals at crucial times like you know we have did it against yeah. Chelsea we've done it against United we did it against United tonight in that last you know couple of minutes before uh, why can't we see that half out and get into this, you know at nil-nil but we, we go down 1-0 yeah. it's happening time and time again at the moment it's just one of our things I, we just need to cut it out because if we could cut that out we're actually we're looking really good aren't we um, yeah you know, the way we're Definitely. playing, I said we're really easy on the eye. We've got a lot of good players who are comfortable with the system that um, Potter's installed now. You know, obviously that we're, we're not a top six team. And to be fair, we've only lost against top six teams. Um, but mm. we, we, we're a good team. But it's so frustrating when you see us give away good positions and advantages that we've gained and we've worked hard to get and then we give it away with stuff like that. And then to have it rub the salt in the wound, to have... What happened on Saturday happened to us because the ref did what the ref did you know that's what that's what got me and you, you know you just have to go on Twitter you just have to go on social media and can see what the rest of the fans think you know the reaction is exactly the same um there's not a lot United you know, lads yeah, yeah. can say back to that. Yeah I mean the,
2: all the Man United fans I know have been at least sheepish at the very least in, in regard to the results of the weekend um most of them admitted they didn't deserve anything from the game uh, no. most of the ones I've spoken to. And those that have been more bullish have even then said, well, yeah, we didn't deserve to win it outright. Yeah. Um, it, the point you've made about giving goals away, particularly when we've scored, I completely agree with you. I think the point I would make in addition to that is that it is against the better teams that that's happened. So we didn't concede goals against Pompey, Preston or Newcastle, but we did against Chelsea and against Man United times two in that game. Um, On all of those occasions, part of it is the fact, yep, they're good sides. They can punish you if you look a bit weaker, if you look a bit more vulnerable, whatever. Yes, you do need the stopwatch of the referee on one of those occasions, and that's outrageous. But maybe there's a question mark about game management in there somewhere. But Mm. I I don't know. I, I think it's hard to do, isn't it? In the heat of the moment, when you're playing a good side and you've got the excitement of a score, which is going to be a potentially decisive goal in the game, it's hard to keep your head, maybe. Maybe that's what part of mm. it is. I don't know. But certainly we've been incredibly unlucky in the, in the game of the weekend. I mean, the, the penalties, you can debate what you want about that. I've spoken to people who've said they're adamant it's a penalty. Others have said it's, they're adamant it wasn't. I don't think it was. Mm. But I do have an issue with the fact that it was overturned because was it clear and obvious? Mm. I don't know. I'm not, not really sure. I, under my personal opinion... I would say probably it is clear and obvious. Others would disagree. The fact that Hammond Shearer, Stephen Warnock, Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, and probably countless others beside all thought it was a penalty means there's enough of a debate about the issue to suggest that it's not clear and obvious. Mm. So on that basis, should it have been overturned? Apparently Simon Hooper was in the ref's ear as well. Um, suggesting that he should look at it the suggestiveness seems to have been something that isn't in the protocol so should that have actually been the case as well rather than just saying have a look at it see what you think they've said we suggest you overturn it that's placing an idea in the ref's head if that is indeed what's happened there but either way round, if you take the penalty and the, the later penalty claim where maguire put his hands on connolly's shoulder let's say those are both not penalties because i don't think they were fine, okay, in that case, why did Ben White get a yellow card for exactly Mm. the same scenario in the middle of the field with Bruno Fernandes? One rule for one, one rule for another. United fans and others might complain that we always moan about this, but we only always moan about it because it always keeps happening. It's Mm. not a fallacy. It's not an illusion. It's not hard done by rose-tinted spectacles, if you want to call it that. It's a reality. The big sides, on average, get the decisions. Mm. The only exception is bloody Palace Manu, isn't it? Uh, Palace Everton yeah. and Palace Manu. U. Um, Everton get a lucky decision there. That doesn't affect us. Man United get a bad decision against them for once. Mm. And that's not no good for us because that gives one mm. of our potential rivals for positions mm. an unfair victory, you could argue, although they deserve to win the game. Um, Newcastle got a ridiculous decision in their favour, which Steve Bruce, their manager, admitted was ridiculous and said that the rules need to change on that basis um Mm. yeah they've got a point they don't deserve from that game and again that's to our detriment so it's not even as if it evens itself out because it doesn't really does it i've looked at i've looked at that through the years that's a fallacy things don't even themselves out the probability of that happening is ridiculous in fact yeah but looking at the game i mean take out the penalties and take out the bad luck of the woodwork which was which was Mm. frankly quite comical wasn't it um if you look at the other decisions in the game, I've mentioned Ben White's yellow card, but if you look at other situations, we had Fernandes was on a yellow. He could potentially have gone mm. another yellow for conceding the penalty, which everyone's yeah. agreed was correctly given. Um, he got uh, nothing for that, so he could have gone. Matic forearms Connolly in a, a shot that wasn't shown live on TV. It was picked up in the replay mm. and shown mm. from a couple of angles briefly. It wasn't debated at all. Uh, either at half time or later later on afterwards. Why? Because it's not an injustice to a big team. Uh, he, quite, in my opinion, should have gone. Again, speaking to Man United mates, most of them were in agreement that it either could or should have been, but mm-hmm. it was a yellow. If that had been an mm-hmm. Albion player, you just know we, get, we don't get yeah. the benefit of the doubt. We've seen from Tom Hennett getting trial by jury and with with uh, presiding judge Graham Soonis a couple of years ago. You know, when it's the other mm-hmm. way around, we're we're screwed. Um, you look at the, the the timekeeping on the last goal. You look at the fact there was a question mark about whether it should have been a corner. I haven't really been convinced by that, but it looks like there was an argument for it. And you also look at the fact, um, which hasn't been talked about, but something I spotted, which is that Pascal Gross was pointing to his eye and, mm-hmm. and going to the ref uh, when the penalty appeal was going in at the end of the match. Mm. I think people thought it was about have a look, have a look, but actually mm. I think it might have been to do with a collision that occurred mm. because Lindelof, to my mind, in the area of the penalty area penalty spot um, is fouled by Lindelof. Lindelof fouls mm. Grosch in the area mm. directly before the corner that should have been after the final whistle comes in and just before Maguire heads it in the direction of the mm. goal with more pay brushing his wrist against it. So you could argue that A it shouldn't have been a penalty, B it was after the time, C, there was a foul on one of our players before Maguire heads it. So there's three reasons you could have you could have wiped out mm. Man United getting that unfair winner that they
1: got. Yeah. And I say unfair
2: could... in the balance of play.
1: And and I think I don't know if in in that long list of um, that rap list you've just given, there's the um, Don Cohen goal when he was being hauled back before that, that move sort of finished the ball with the ball in the back of the net if you remember um, yeah there's an argument for that as well um, on a second yeah. uh, and going back to the penalty I know you're saying yeah I'll give that as a pen or not, not give that decision should I say but right he goes and looks at it doesn't he he takes a long look at it on the side of the pitch using VAR and he looks at it and he looks at it and he's looking at it in slow motion he's looking at it from this angle from that angle yeah okay yeah. he doesn't give it in the end but the following day Vardy does exactly the same thing runs it across the player, the defender gets brought down, and the is given. What's the difference? Why is he giving it? And why, is, why are we not giving it? And it's this sort of thing that's where I feel yeah. in robs. So that again was Robin sorting the wound for me about that decision. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree the second um, Connolly one was, a, yeah, that was definitely not a penalty. But the the first one, you know, he gave it, his initial reaction was to give it, and it took him, What well, he was there looking at that, that screen 30 45 seconds before he made up his mind which means they're an obvious yeah yeah, as you said if it
2: goes to slow-mo that's already telling you you're having to look in too much detail to overturn a decision yeah yeah Yeah.
1: so uh, so it was so frustrating and then you you say mr woodwork you know man of the match for man united wasn't it so Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. (laughs) but but having said that that was another one of the positives for me you know we're taking shots from outside outside the area now and didn't do that much last season did we we're, we're literally taking we're taking trying to take a shot from outside the area you know we were unlucky hitting the hitting the post five times you know that one that came back from sorry march you know that defied the laws of physics didn't it that should have spun in <laughs> um yeah and instead it was unlucky you
2: could He couldn't have played it any closer to the goalie because the goalie would have got a touch on it. Um, And Solly would have known that he was going to stretch his foot because he's good at doing those kind of saves. So he couldn't have done any more. All he could do was aim for that far post and hope it comes in off the the post. On another day, just the slightest nuance, a bobble, a slight spin difference or whatever it might be, would take that ball over the line because it went most of the way across, uh, angled almost in line with the goal line, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, It wasn't yeah. far
2: off hitting both posts, actually. I
1: know, I know.
2: Um, and, and also, even the other way round, if it had been slightly less accurate, it would have bounced into a danger zone and we might have got a rebound. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. it was just and very unfortunate.
1: And that's what I enjoyed about, actually quite enjoyed about that match was Sully March playing brilliantly. I just thought he was fantastic. Yeah. And he's actually played really well this season from the games I've seen, you know. And I thought... Yeah. I just wonder whether that's a, a function of not having any fans in the ground. He can um, play the game he wants to play and he doesn't get that sort of collective groan when he does the odd mistake, which I'm sure sacks his confidence. But he's been great this yeah. season. Yeah. Um,
2: People have made this point before. I, I think you're right. I think he is one of those players who will pr- certainly benefit, at least in the short term, to getting yeah. his, his feet under the table properly and really establishing himself without yeah. the pressures of having a crowd around him. And Maybe Jahan Match as well, uh, who's been playing yeah. quite well this season. In all the games, he's the only player involved in every match this season yeah. so far, up to and including tonight. Although he went off injured uh, towards the end, hopefully mm. he's okay. But mm. but um, yeah, I mean those players will benefit, and other players across the country, I think you can see, look better for playing without without fans. Yes, it's not yeah, a sustainable yeah. model <laughs> just yeah. to just to get some some more, uh, shall we say, uh, yeah. sensitive players to to get into their stride, but in this particular circumstance, maybe it's just helping in the short term. Yeah, and know. Solly, yeah, I think he had a good game. He was one of our best players, I think, on Saturday. Yeah. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I like I said, him, Him. Uh, he's, he's come to the fore in that particular game. I thought, like I said, I couldn't see uh, a single player that I'd actually sort of point out and say, oh, you had a poor game. They all had a great game. They all had a great game. It was... You know, it didn't deserve like you know, we've we've conceded six against United, now have not we in two games, and it just didn't feel like that we should have had that against us. it felt yeah. like we've played better um and um like I say Saturday robbed tonight, not so, but six we didn't deserve six against us like two games
2: no no definitely not i mean we'll we'll get on to tonight's game in a minute, but just to continue on. Saturday's um, subject. Once again, we have more possession, which uh, that doesn't mean anything here or there in the mm-hmm. end, but it is a sign of the difference in the way we're playing uh, under Graham, particularly this season. Fifty-three percent possession. Um, the key stats come below that, though: eighteen shots to their seven, yeah. five on target to their three.
1: Yeah. So
2: you know they obviously scored from two of those three on target. The other one was the own goal. Um, nine off targets to one. Uh, obviously, the off targets include all those woodwork strikes, yeah. yeah. which I think were all outside the area when they. Apart from Solly's, possibly? yeah, I think Solly's was I just think. inside. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, there's I mean, one. Shots, the header.
1: Yeah. wasn't there. There was a header which sort of um just clipped the top of the bar. I think that might have been. Interesting. Oh yeah,
2: Webster's yeah. Webster's one wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. I mean, we had even block shots. We had four to three. So all the stats were in our favour. Seven corners to one. Yeah. Um, hours and things like that are about simple, about even. Big chances, five to two in our favour. Big chances missed three to zero in our Mm. favour. Maybe that's a telling telling factor. Um, Trossard, of course, who... I mean, the one chance that we could have put away was Trossard's chance, mm. but that was actually before Solly's equaliser. So if yeah. we'd scored the Trossard goal, yeah. maybe the Solly chance doesn't come around in that way. Yeah. So maybe there's nothing lost in that. Um, we hit the, the five times, of course, which is a yeah. Premier League record. Um, and also, oh, yeah. <clears throat> of course, Trossard hitting it three yeah. times is a Premier League record for an individual. Um, quickly going through the others, counterattacks were about even. Shots inside the box was mm. interesting. Um, We had 12, they had 6. And that is a really interesting stat for how we're playing. Getting numbers into the box to have that many shots against a side like United is pretty telling, I think. And shots outside the box, 6-1. to Mm. Uh, Passes, we had more passes than they did. A slightly better percentage completion rate on accuracy as well, 85 to their 84. Um, Better, I think they had a better cross rate, crosses. Um, But other Mm. than that, I think the stats are all in our favour. Dribbles, mm. we have a better percentage rate of dribbles attempted. So all of the stats go our way, except for the one that matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And how that been for you living in Manchester? People will probably be familiar with you as having come on before for the Gordon Smith interview for the Michael yeah. Robinson tribute. You've also been on in your own right uh, with uh, Alistair. Um, and yeah. Nick from Rochdale, yeah. Manchester area, where you work. How yeah. it been for you the last few days at work?
1: Terrible, terrible. uh, United fans, that sense of entitlement that you get from Liverpool fans and Leeds fans is starting to come back with United. Uh, and and the way they it's are premature, starting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's been difficult. It's been difficult. And I thought tonight, oh yeah, this is our chance. But um, no, no, I'm not even able to, to to get that satisfaction. So yeah, I'm going to be in for a tough time over the next week or so. I'm already it's already happening. Oh. To be honest with you, I won't repeat some of the language yeah. that's been used. But um, yeah, it's not great. Um, yeah, it, it is one. I mean, it's, it's... It, is, it is one from uh, Nick. What are you going to learn from the away game? What positives are you going to take? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, it's that type <laughs> of thing is going to be coming through all the time. So, I'll, yeah. yeah, I'll I'll It's I'll nice of okay. them to
2: be so... I mean, they're always graceful in, in victory as much as the defeats, aren't they, Man United. It's why I've, I've always loved the Alex Ferguson era and um, yeah. all the fans associated with that era. I, I haven't had a bad word to say about them at all. He says with the most sarcastic look on his face of all time. <laughs> um, and it's come back, as you said, it's come back very prematurely. Yeah. Bruno Fernandes making a bit of a sarky, snippy comment. Yeah. He was asked about, do you think you were lucky or something like that? And he said, well, you know, you can hit the woodwork as much as you want, but the idea is to score a goal. And yeah. I think, well, you can say that sarcastically, but you scored a winner when yeah. you should have been possibly sent off for a second yeah. yellow. The yeah. team is definitely less lucky to be in a position to score a winner in several different ways. Um, it's graceless in victory, isn't it? And oh, it's right. it's the typical classlessness which I've become accustomed through decades watching Man U. Normally from afar, now from close up. You know, yeah. we're playing these sides, and we're hearing it. It's 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 ugly. And you know, they can, they can enjoy their lucky victory if they want, but, but, but for me, it's um, it's a hollow one because they're they're streets away from the top two, aren't they?
1: Well, uh, there's that hashtag that's on Twitter, which is teams like Brighton we should be beating teams like Brighton. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and you uh, you just sit there and you just can't wait to beat them again. Um, you know, that time <laughs> when you can beat them, when you can go back. We really should be beating teams like Brighton. Well, you know, looking at us playing the way we're playing at the moment. Um, I don't think they should, anyone should come in and say, we should be beating teams like Brighton. A team like Brighton, they should be really be starting to be worried about the way we're playing, the way we're playing, the possession we're keeping, the chances we're opening yeah. up. If We could, finish a few of those chances some of these two someone's going to be on the end of a hiding soon I'm convinced of it um I don't know which well, team hopefully. Kind of
2: soon, so be good. yeah <laughs> yeah
1: hopefully perhaps. or if not then uh, maybe West Brom but um it's, you know I've hit the woodwork five times score twice against United you know on another day that could have been four five yeah. one to us yeah
2: yeah I mean the telling signs for me are that we're getting praised a lot more this season already than we were last year. I think we didn't quite get the credit we deserve for certain elements of last season. I don't think the uh, misfortune in some of the matches uh, Mm. where we drew and should have won, some of it was unlucky, some of it was poor on our Mm. part, to be fair. But um, but this season, it feels like we're very quickly getting a lot of praise. How much of that is people getting overexcited with Mr Lamptey, I don't know. But in general, there's a there's a positive vibe about the Albion and uh, people yes. said we were unlucky against Chelsea, we, we swept Newcastle away and deserved it, we were unlucky against um, United. The other element you've mentioned off-air before was we beat Portsmouth 4-0 in the League Cup second round, which was our mm. entry point into the tournament and we won 2-0 away at Preston, which not only is a tricky fixture in general, mm. but traditionally for us is a nightmare fixture. We never bloody won there. Yeah, you and yeah. I both remember the Black Cat game, the 3-0 with Prosser shaking hands with the goal scorer. And, we, score yeah. and we, were, we weren't in that game, to be honest. Yeah. And it's always been a hard place for us to get a result there. We would probably, even as far as last season, as, as you were saying, would have come unstuck in one of those two ties, And yet we won those two games and it yeah. got into the fourth rounds deservedly. Um, there are marked signs of improvement aren't there across mm. the board so far would you Would you agree with that mm.
1: oh yeah I mean like I said um, those two those two League Cup games um, those are two games that would, we were banana skins for us last season and all, well every season before and those were games particularly the Preston one I I wouldn't have had any hopes for coming out of a, with anything out of that a couple of seasons ago um, we just looked so in control of it we never looked in trouble we we walked through that game to be honest with you um yeah, yeah. you know uh and and you talk about um why are we so optimistic well look at look at our team our team was it was average age 24 you've got ben white yeah, yeah. you know um you've got lamptey out there you've got Malpay. Well, Malpay's only 24 isn't he trossard you know yeah. these are really good players on our um and they've only had what a season and a bit in the Premier League. Um Two of them never played in the Premier League. Uh, Ben White's never played there. So, you know, this is a really good team that's building up. We've got a um, decent amount of experience in there as well. You know, just missing maybe, and we we keep going back to this, is that that striker who can put some of those chances away. But that's about it Uh, from my perspective. I know others may disagree. Others may want... someone who left back again or whatever in midfield. But for me, it's just that striker who can just convert those chances, Mm. you know, those woodworks, Uh those near misses.
2: I think there's always people you can can improve the team with. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. The striker is the priority for me. Um, I don't think the club are ignoring it. They're they're obviously keeping very tight-lipped in Mm. what they're saying they're looking for and what they're willing to accept from the transfer market. But I'm pretty sure they're looking for a striker. Um, Left winger... Uh, sorry, left wing back slash left back. Yeah, definitely we would like one of those as well. We've been linked with Sessignon, who would certainly have added something to us. And if you had him or Solly playing there uh, tonight, maybe that might have made a difference. Who knows? But I mean, you're right about the average age as well. Um, this week in, on Twitter, I've, I've seen some stats from Albion Analytics. Um, they've said that our average age against Newcastle was 24 years uh, 24.4 years. That was the youngest team. It was 25.2 versus Manu in the league match earlier earlier this week or last week, uh, which was the third youngest. And 25.5 years old was the average against Chelsea. So that's come down a lot from Hughton, which I think was about the 28, 29 age. Which is obviously he's all about solidity, safety, caution, experience, all those sort of elements. But Potter really is adding in this flamboyant element, isn't he? It's, it's about taking it on the front foot, taking the game to teams, being brave in terms of squad selection as well as on-field on, on field choices and the way we play the game and take the game to, to teams. I think we're getting the balance right and it's it's making it really exciting. Um, yeah, the youngest average age, Hutton side, I'm just seeing an 18-19 season, which was his last year, was 26.2. That was the youngest average age. So... Yeah. We've already beaten that three times out of three in the league this season. Um, it's four names, doesn't it? Um, we, we, you know, the good thing with the League Cup run for me as well is we've, we've, we've had the three rounds against decent opposition, um, gradually rising quality as, we've, as we've gone through the rounds, which isn't always the way it works, but it, mm-hmm. it did this season. And I think that's a valuable experience. The likes of, we're talking about Jahan Batch because he's mm. definitely benefited from getting a chance to show Graham what he can do. Um, definitely a, a good thing to get Bernardo some game time and the likes of him. Mm. The big one is, um, for me, is the the youth players. We've, we've had Max Sanders has been involved. Mm. Um, he's had a, I think he played a significant part in the last match. And tonight he came on for a fairly decent chunk of time as a sub. Yeah. He looks quite good as well and it's it's yeah. giving him time against a really good side. United's side today wasn't first choice 100% but it was a pretty strong side wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Well, and they can when you bring and Hopper and Rashford yeah. and that's, that's a decent team isn't it?
2: Yeah, and Lingard it's just yeah. a lot of good players out there. So we're giving ourselves um a really good break I think in terms of the experience we're we're giving across the side. Uh, Match Sharpness as well. Um, I hope we go on a long run in the FA Cup, if and when that occurs later in the season, second spikes allowing. Um, But what else would you... Well, one thing I was going to mention, actually, from the the weekend game, actually, again, just to maybe there's a hint of the bias in the officiating. Four yellow cards for us uh, to white, which I've already mentioned was Mm -hmm. a bit ridiculous. Dunk. Trossard, which I thought was Tash, and Substitute Jahambach, which I didn't realise no. he got books. They had two, uh, Matic, which I said should have probably been a red, and Fernandez, who got one yellow, I think arguably could have got two. No. Not very fair, even in the... Um, even in the booking stakes is it that tells you we, we weren't a four yellow card no, team no. in that match were we
1: no i don't well we we just don't play like that that's not our style is it we're not going to be it's a hugely physical team i don't think and for just yeah i didn't realize we'd uh got that many to be honest with you
2: no i didn't until i looked it up yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no well like somewhat, I mean, i don't know you know I might be wrong here, but someone told me that the uh, ref's from Manchester or was born in Manchester. And you never know, dear. I shouldn't be casting discussions <laughs> like that. I apparently he was holding hands with Oli when he got on, back on the coach with him. So I don't know. <laughs> what do I know? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like no comment. Uh, yeah. We'll, um, well, we'll have to put that one down to experience. I think, like I say, they. We keep going on about, it. we've got to take positives, we've got to learn from it. I think there are loads of positives from um, Saturday. Um, I just hope we can carry that forward. What we don't want to be doing is constantly saying, oh, didn't we play well and and losing? You know, We don't want to be one of those, the best football team to get relegated, do we? So um, exactly. I, yeah. at some stage, I wouldn't mind a scrappy one nilla where we've battled our way through and, and scored uh, a, a you know, goal of someone's ass. but I don't care, just get the three points. <laughs> Um, well lucky I mean, you went against Everton to be good like last, yeah, was it last yeah, season I, with the penalty yeah yeah <laughs> I've, I've never had any joy up at Everton either um, well, can't yeah, remember a game well with surprising because
2: the Albion have never had any joy there I think <laughs> we get one draw I can't remember but we've never yeah. won there yeah. um, we did obviously we've broken that with Preston this season so yeah. there's a precedent set maybe there Um I hope we can I hope we can get something. I I fancy a cheeky one all draw to be honest in that game. Yeah, yeah. Be, feel, be, it?
1: Yeah, it'll be typical Brighton. I, I said to you, Brighton just there's always something in, in a Brighton game in there when you know, like the the Man United game, you know, that's typical Brighton. I always say that. Um we'll go up to Everton. Something something will happen. Last time I went up there, I think, was it um Ah, oh, the French guy got sent off right in front of us for being stupid. Um, and it's always something happens, and, and you just know something will happen up at that Everton game as well.
2: Uh, Knockart, is not it? Knockart, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah knock-out
1: mm. got sent off. Yeah. And, um, so there's always something, and you're just waiting for it to happen. Um, so it'll be interesting yeah, to it yeah. will be at Everton. Yeah.
2: Well, according to, some posts I received on WhatsApp were the same same group you're in, Richarlison and Alan both had injuries tonight. We don't know yet if that's going to affect their ability to appear at the weekend. Yeah. But they are two very good players for Everton. Richarlison's obviously been established there for a while yeah, now. Yeah. Alan's one of the new boys, but he's, he's a hoover for me. Yeah. That guy is a really good addition. He's yeah. not doing anything remarkable, but he's just tidying up and he's, he's a really good addition mm-hmm. And a really good... um, Well, he's a player that they needed, Everton, for a while, I think. Mm. And if he's Mm. missing, that could be interesting. Richarlison's always a pain Mm. in the arse. Apart from being an antagonist, he's also a real thorn in the side in general for his movements. He's always busy. He's always on the shoulder. He's always in the blind spots. He's one of those annoying players who's basically a pretty good player. Um, If those two are missing, or even one of them, that would be a bonus... The only problem is unless someone takes him out, uh <laughs> Calvert Lewin is presumably available. Yeah. He's on fire at the moment, isn't yeah. he? He's in my fantasy league team, yeah. so I'm not complaining too much.
1: Yeah. But I
2: quite I, fancy an off day for yeah, can... <laughs> like,
1: I, I like Everton. I like Everton a lot. I like Everton as a team. I always liked them because they were the underdog to Liverpool. And I like the fact that they're that they're that underdog. And um, but they've done nothing for years, really, have they? And the, the, the new managers put together a really good team, I think. And, um, they, I hope they, I hope this, I hope they carry on like this because, um, I think they could challenge the sort of traditional top six and I hope they really do push, um, on up yeah. into the top four because they look, they look quite, quite a handy outfit. Um, like you say, yeah. those, those three players you've named, they've definitely started the season fantastically well. So. Um, it'll be a difficult game regardless, wh- whoever's playing up there. Um, our, like say, our record's rubbish up there. Um, if we get a point, great result.
2: Hmm. The irony is my difficult place to go bingo is escalating up to 15 already for the season, <laughs> which is pretty good for this time of year. It's a potential record breaker. Yeah. And yet Everton haven't been mentioned. I don't think it counts me mentioning it now because uh. that's too much of a conscious reference. But, yeah. but it is a difficult place for us. I um, do think... I agree with you. I, I think they've they've been in the shadows, haven't they, for mm. too long. Mm. Not not necessarily winning titles, but in terms of being in the top four or five, they haven't quite been there. Yeah. And I think there's various reasons for that, all very justified. But I mm. think I'm, Ancelotti is a coup, getting him yeah. in. Oh,
1: yeah. He's a
2: really good – he's a properly good manager. He's a really – he's a top-level manager. And that's a that's a brilliant move, them getting mm. him in. And yeah. I think in the short, medium and long term, if they keep him that long – will prove beneficial to them. Yeah. I think they, I think they can finish top five this season, potentially, because I look at the, t- the season, I think Liverpool and City, I love having them up there at the top because they are both absolutely right. brilliant teams. Whatever you think about their fans or whatever else as teams, it's a pleasure to see football of that quality being played right. in, in the, our country and the division that luckily Brighton share at the yeah. moment as well. Yeah. Um, But they're on a different level. But if you look below that, Chelsea have made some amazing signings. They've spent a hell of a Mm. lot of money. It's going to take time to gel. Will Frank Lampard get the the time? Who knows? It's not going too well. If they get it sorted, they could be top four. You look at Man United, I'm not convinced. Arsenal may be more likely now. I'm not Mm. sure. One of those two probably would finish top four. But if they're not on their game, Everton Mm. are in with a chance of maybe, maybe getting in that top four. If they don't get top four, I definitely think they're in with a shout to top six.
1: Um, yeah, i Also, is,
2: I mean Leicester. I've written Leicester off. I think they're a really good team. I, I don't yeah. understand why people are saying, "Oh, they'll they'll probably drop off a bit." Why? <laughs> They've still got Vardy. He's looking more deadly yeah. than ever, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. Leicester, Leicester are looking very good at the moment, aren't they? But going back to Everton, you say you've got um, is it the most difficult away away ground to go to? It's also the worst away view, I think, in the league. Oh, the letterbox stand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. If anyone doesn't know, I mean, it depends where you go. I went in the upper tier near the front, so I had a good view when i went to the game it's on the side isn't it one half yeah, down the side yeah. but if you go i think it's in the a certain area in the upper stand and definitely in certain seats in the lower stand yeah. you effectively yeah. get a letterbox for you which means yeah. any yeah. any hoof ball you're not going to see
1: yeah
2: any balls head heights you're not going to see uh, goals good oh, luck you might yeah. do you might <laughs> it's that bad isn't it? have <laughs> you, have, Did you have one of those yeah,
1: things yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm I'm um, um I'm not a season ticket elder, so I get last uh, dibs in the uh, getting seats. So I always end up in that back row in the lower stand. So I'm literally I see that little that like you say that little letterbox view, and also right yeah. at the back of the stand, the condensation from uh from all of the, the breathing gathers on that old fashioned metal uh, rafters and starts falling down like rain on you. So it's <laughs> it's 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 a horrible away end for that for people oh, in those seats.
2: There's, there's some terrible ones. I mean, the funny ones are, are Wolves, when they built that extension to one stand. Apparently, that blocked the view of the pitch yeah. uh, there. Morecambe, who, the Globe Arena, apparently some of the seats there, you can't yeah. see about 40% of the pitch from certain seats. Yeah. It's just an oversight
1: yeah. by yeah. the
2: builders. It's crazy. Yeah. And, okay, they may maybe they don't sell out. It's not a problem. But one day it will be, would not it? Crazy stuff. And... I mean, Chelsea's bad as well. If you go in the lower tier, the wife and I went, I think it was a box, one of the, one of our regulation comfortable 2-0 defeats. The wife's <laughs> ranting, doing ranting gestures in the background. We, we were in a very small, compact area in the very back row in the lower tier. And essentially, um, people stood up in front of us and we said, can you sit down? And they were saying, oh, it's an away game. I said, yeah, but we can't see anything. And mm. they, they said, stand up. We go, yeah, we would be happy to stand up then we'll see even less than we can because all we could see was we could just about see the crossbar at the far end of the ground mm. when, we're, when we're sitting down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, well, I, I, I suppose it's not the purpose of today's chat, but one, one of the worst away stations I went to was for the playoff final down at uh, the Millennium Stadium. So again, I got the worst choice of tickets because you know, I'm not a season okay. ticket holder. I was right at the back uh, on the halfway line, but I couldn't see anything, I literally couldn't see anything, and I'm, I am I, I said I'm not going to the biggest game of my life supporting Albion, i would not see the game, um. so I just tricked <laughs> round and walked all the way around and went behind the goal, well if you remember, uh, right behind the goal there were some empty seats, so I actually got one of the best views of the penalty being scored, um, just by a oh, nice seat, but yeah that, that was a terrible view as well, bearing in mind that's a reasonably modern stadium. That's, yeah, um, justice
2: is done in the end, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was on the back row behind the goal, ironically, there for that. And yeah. um, friend Phil, uh, who listens to the show, hello to Big Phil. Uh, he punched the. Um, the concrete that was above where we were standing or sitting yeah. should be sitting were standing, and I yeah. uh, cut his hand actually <laughs> celebrating oh, I, the goal. Yeah. It's
1: the last time I saw it's the big flag fun. as well. <laughs> Do you remember that big flag It disappeared after that game? I think I yeah. never saw it after that.
2: I think that was the last game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> before it went. I think it was because that was really? the end
2: of the season, and I think it, it got lost in pre-season, didn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, yes, we we could wax lyrical about awful away views, and I think we've, we have to reference at this point the Whip team itself in that regard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ridiculous. Different mm-hmm. postcode virtually, wasn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, moving on to tonight, just a few other bits to talk about. Tonight's game and some other footy news. Tonight's line-up, uh, we had Stealing goal. The rest of the team was White, Dunk, Burn, Veltman, Malumbi, who was later replaced mm-hmm. by Sanders on 81 Minutes, Grosh. Mm-hmm. Bernardo Jahanbach, who was replaced by Morpay on 50 because of an injury. Yorkeres, mm. replaced by Trossard on 63. And McAllister subs were unused were Sanchez, Cochran, uh, Robertson, Jenks. Um, so a reasonable lineup, especially mm. with having some strength off the bench. I don't think we were planning to bring Morpay on in the 50th minute, but obviously what looked like it might have been a hamstring injury or something like that to uh, Jahanbach. Um, Precipitated an early an early change there. Um, what did you think about the lineup and the way we played in general? An overview of today's game?
1: Yeah, well, I've done the traditional marks out of 10, so I'll throw you out what I've scored them all as and right. what you think. Um, I've done it in the order that the, the, the team sheet came out. So for me, Steele probably contender for man of the match despite letting in three goals. I've given him seven. Now, none. None of the players have scored more than seven. So, seven out of ten for Steele. It's weird that, but it's
2: probably fair, isn't it? Because he couldn't do anything about the goals, particularly. And he he made a couple of good saves. Good distribution. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I thought so. And and I've been impressed with every time I've seen him play so far, you know. Um, Mm. So, yeah, good good performance. Couldn't do anything about the goals. Uh, White, six. um, I just didn't... Didn't really rec. I didn't even recognize him. Um, he didn't stand out. So j- just above average. Don't think he did much wrong. Um, hmm. Dunk five. Hmm. Uh, he had a poor game, didn't he? Best game. Yeah, he didn't have his best game tonight. Um, gave the ball away quite a lot of times. Um, you know when there was that free header for the first goal, the whole of the back line crap. Um, so yeah, not <laughs> not um not a great display, but you're not gonna have a dig at Dunk, are you? Not just for one game. Um so yeah. Um McAllister again, anonymous really. I don't know what you thought about his performance today. So I gave him a six. Hmm. Um Gross I he
2: did okay. I thought
1: hmm. Gross the same, six. Um he had he had opportunities to deliver a in. he had opportunities to um Delivered decent free kicks, don't think he took any of those opportunities. Um, so yeah, average, just not not great. Johan Batch, I gave him sort of contender for man of the match until he went off injured. And I think when he went off injured, sort of the life went out of our game. The sort of the energy went, just didn't look the same team after he he left, which just shows how I think he's improved. Um so gave him a seven. Uh yeah. Bernardo. Again, average six. Um, I know he's been criticised a little bit online through social media tonight. I didn't think it was that bad, but he was um, nothing more than average. Burn, I just thought today, I just thought maybe he was really exposed. Um, Mm. He he, he had opportunities, didn't he? He just took none of them. Um, Yeah. He he looked
2: a bit more gangly and sloppy than normal today as well for me. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm going to pronounce this guy's name wrong. Chorus? is that right? If I get his name right, spell.
2: <laughs> it's. I, I'm a stickler for pronunciation, yeah. but I have to say I don't know yet how to pronounce that. But I, I've got a feeling it's probably a sign of G. I reckon it's Your Giacoris. I can't say that with authority. I don't, right. I don't know. Let's okay. let's say
1: Giacoris for now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go I, on. I gave him. I gave him a five. Um, what do you think? Again, I, I've seen him play a few times now and I'm just not convinced that he's got it what it takes to be that sort of backup striker for us.
2: Yeah, he needs at least some more some more loan time, I think, personally. And maybe our hands are tied a bit by not knowing if we're going to get someone else in. I agree with you. I think he struggled a bit. I probably would have given him a six, but he, right. you know, that's, that's splitting hairs pretty much, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I've missed someone out of I felt, Veltman is that right? I missed him out. Um, you know what? I put a question mark because I just didn't didn't see what he did through the whole the whole match. Again, he didn't stand out. Mm. So six. Um, but i put a question mark against that because I just didn't hear his name mentioned that often by the um, people who are doing the commentary. I, I, I didn't know what to think about his performance tonight. Um, and then Malumbi six as well. So average really um for the the starting line up apart from Johan Bash and Steel who I thought stood out. Um yeah. then the two two subs came on didn't really make much of a difference. Obviously Trossard um he had the, he had that shot. That was a good save by Henderson in goal. And you know what? That's again the difference isn't it. If that had been matter mm. do you not think he might have scored that and uh Trossard didn't And is that the difference between Man United and us at the moment?
2: Yeah, it probably is. And you can't do anything about that, really, can you? I mean, they've they've got infinitely more resource than we have. And they will continue to have. And in some games, it's just going to be a case of if we don't manage to get an edge in some way or other during a game, it's going to come to that. It'll go into the latter stages of the game. And barring a few unexpected twists, um, they'll... They'll probably find a way to win the game, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, have I missed anyone? You, Max Sanders. I don't know.
2: I think. Yeah, Sanders came on sub on the eighty-first minute. From he didn't Lilliby. really have a lot of time,
1: did he, to make a uh, make a difference? I didn't give him a score. Yeah. Really, he just he, uh, he came um, on for a bit of experience, didn't he? Yeah. You mentioned Trossard,
2: I think, didn't you? And pay yeah. was the other sub on 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it would have been nice if my um made a bit more of an impression. Didn't really see him yeah. do a lot. Didn't get... I don't think he got shot away, did he?
2: No, I don't think so. Yeah. So, so my take on what you've just said, I agree with you about Steele. I think he's yeah. probably suits his name, but he's, he was quite solid, wasn't he? He was quite firm. He He, he looked, I think... Pretty comfortable, composed. His distribution's not bad. I've noticed throughout this tournament. Mm, mm. Um, I don't think, in fairness, he could have done anything much about the three goals. One was a cruel deflection goes in off the post mm. for uh, the last goal. Um, the earlier strikes, again, I'm not sure he could have done much with that. Really, I think the, the the battle was lost elsewhere for those those goals. Um, White, yeah, a bit of a nondescript performance not particularly bad I don't think it it was one of those games where he didn't really have key moments in the game so he didn't really stand out. Dunk I agree was having a struggle I don't think he's had a good season to be honest with you Mm -hmm. I think he struggled to maintain his standards in every one of the games that he's been involved in so far Um, I think this is the first time he started a league cup match but Mm -hmm. he looked off off colour to be honest Mm -hmm. Uh, a couple of mistakes a couple of moments where he just d- didn't look sharp enough. Um, and I, you could argue for the free kick, the goal that scored, the first goal, wasn't it? McTominay's mm-hmm. goal mm-hmm. from the header. Um, he was left marking nobody at that, fr- at that free kick. So either, for me, he should have picked up the man McTominay on the back post, or he should have been, as a captain, should have been commanding much more yeah. authoritatively um, for someone else to do so, because they ended up with two players perfectly legitimately onside. I can't remember who the other guy was. I think it was somebody stumbling in the box. Mm. Two of them were just beat the offside trap, and they were left clear, exposed in space yep. inside our eight or nine yard sort of area within the, within the penalty area. Mm. Um, and Dunk should either be commanding that better, or who should have picked up the player one way or the other. Mm. I think he had a poor game. He was probably. I would say our poorest player today, arguably. Mm. Uh, Byrne, yeah, looked a bit flappy. Yeah, you know, he's he's got a certain physical style about him that that leans towards that anyway. But he's been good. I've I've liked what he's done this uh, last season. Uh, this year, obviously, we haven't seen much of him. But in this game, maybe it's match sharpness. But he looked a little bit flappy, a little bit indecisive, mm. a little bit off off the pace. Veltman, uh, you said he didn't have. Much of an impression. I think he was solid. I think he was he was good. He didn't do much wrong. It came off him for the third goal, but that was pretty unfortunate deflection mm-hmm. and right in off the brushed off the post. Um, don't think he could do much about that. Um, I thought he had a reasonably decent game, to be honest. Um, Malumbi the same. Not much to speak about, but I thought a decent game. Grosch, yeah, I think there's a problem there. I think. Him and Moy have been described as the players that you can't have both of them in the same team. Moy's Mm. obviously subsequently moved on. Grosch seems to have been the yesterday man who's now just in the periphery. And Mm. as a mixture of lack of pace that we already Mm. know he's got, a mixture of that plus him being out of favour and therefore not as much sharp as others, Um, he's been amongst the assists in the previous rounds. But there's something about him. I thought it was a bit poor tonight. Mm. The, the few bits where he had a chance to make a difference he couldn't he couldn't keep his shots down or his distribution yeah. right um, yeah. I thought he had a poor game I would have given him a 4 or a 5 I'm okay. quite harsh marker though um, Bernardo yeah I think what I've been hearing about on social media is a bit harsh not that bad but not brilliant he's been better in the previous rounds to be fair so mm. this is the first time he's not really hit the mark in this tournament mm. um but it's not his best day, but not that bad. Not as mm. bad as they're saying on Twitter. Gukeris, um, we've already talked about, yeah, I think about a six. Not great, needs alone. McAllister, reasonably okay, but didn't make as much of an impression as I would like for a player yeah. of his profile, given that he's breaking into the Argentina team. He should mm-hmm. be making more of an impression in a game like this, albeit it's Man I um, I don't know if he's... A little bit harsh to say, but I think he, he probably needs just as many games as possible to get himself mm-hmm. into the swing. I don't think he's quite there yet, um, but he'll, he will be. Trossard and Morpay were fine when they came on. As subs, Sanders I thought was quite good, quite mm-hmm. it up. He was quite tidy, nothing special or spectacular, but he was he was pretty tidy. The one I've left till last is Jahanbach. He went off in the fiftieth minute. Mm-hmm. Now, lampty got man of the match for and rightly so for the one of the previous games, um, having gone off in the 56th minute, I think it was, yeah, of the match.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think,
2: despite not having shone to quite such a degree, I think Jahan Bach was man of the match today in his 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he did anything wrong. He made some interesting uh, movements. He made some telling crosses. He looked mm-hmm. alive. He looked lively. He looked like a player that was part of the previous two squads in this tournament. Um, mm. And barring the injury, I think he might have made a telling impression in this game. I think he, he's, look, he's looked good this season. Mm. We've mentioned mm. he's the only guy that's been involved in every game this year, which is yeah. what now? Six games, isn't it? Um, yeah. He may not be involved in the next one because he may have got an injury that'll preclude him from that, but exclude him from that. But um, I think he's my man of the match, you know? Yeah. He's looking good, he's looking confident.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Do, do we know what his injury was? I, I didn't hear what no, it was. he was.
2: No, he was holding the back of his leg above his knee, mm-hmm. which possibly is hamstring. It might might be something slightly lower down, something to do with the tendons mm. around the knee. I'm not sure. Mm. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, mm. I didn't see the incident that led to him going down, which is probably just him coming yeah. up in pain, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I'll
2: have to, have to wait on that. But um, I hope not. It's a shame because for once he's looking on a more consistent basis, like a guy who could actually contribute something more than the, than the amount that he has done before. And to the level where he needs to, mm. because you can see as a good player in there, I'm willing him mm. to do well because he's obviously a good lad. He's training well. He's got a good attitude. He's not complained once. Mm. Um, you know, the joy in his face when he scored those worldies, he keeps scoring. Mm. Um, Unfortunately, it's the first time um, in the League Cup this season that he hasn't scored a worldie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. If only yeah. he could
2: have got a first half-er.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Well, he yeah. had a couple of shots, didn't he, today? Um, but, no, I, yeah. I, like I say, I pretty much agree. I think most of them are average or just below, uh, apart from mm. him and Steele. Uh, um, and, you know, you can't be average against United, whatever team they put out, you know. So... Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just... A... Yeah. I so mean, we we were the better side, I think, in the first half. The goal was scored. I wouldn't say against the run of play sounds a bit misleading, but I think we were no. the better side and mm. it came out of nowhere. There was no immediate threat beforehand. No. Sloppy no. defending. I think Dunk gave the ball away to allow Matter to get the run on Byrne. Byrne's not the fastest. Matter's not the fastest, but with Byrne's extra legs, you would have thought he would have been able to keep up. He couldn't. He had to make a foul, tactical foul. And we give yeah. the ball away in a dangerous area. We've been guilty this season. You said about goals after scoring. But goals from set pieces have been an issue. Um, yeah. We conceded that penalty, albeit too late in the game, for my liking against um, United on Saturday. Uh, we conceded the free kick against United on Saturday. We conceded the free kick here. All of them ended in tears. Um, yeah. The marking was poor. As I said, Dunk should have commanded the situation better for me for that goal. But, um, yeah, it's, it's frustration, isn't it, it really? Is. Yeah,
1: well, Potter Potter sort of said about that free kick that led to the first goal, he's called it cheap and poor. And I think yeah, he said exactly I'd the agree. same about the first free kick for the first goal uh, that United you know, scored on Saturday, cheap and poor. So, you yeah. know, if we're going to learn anything, if they're going to learn anything from these games, is they've got to cut those out, haven't they? Um, they don't yeah. need to give those free kicks Maybe. away.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've lost to a team we probably expected to lose to in the league. And then yeah. we've had a League Cup match. So maybe no harm done. Yeah. Uh, unless you thought we were going to win the League Cup. But uh,
1: <laughs> Well, I <don't> <laughs> like I say, this is the easiest cup to win, isn't it? Um, so if you're going to go for something, this would be the one you'd go for. Which, again, is so frustrating because we went into this with a lot of optimism. And for us to yeah. get turned over 3-0, just the manner of it, was. Yeah. that's what I think... Sort of did, like I say, at the very beginning, was, that's the deflating thing. We were all so confident. Yeah. Felt so confident. Um, it
2: felt it felt very one-sided towards the end, didn't it? Yeah. That's the thing, which wasn't yeah. what the game was earlier on. No, yeah. no, no. And, I mean, you say it's easy. We've, we've got a terrible record in the competition. Yeah. <laughs> There's debates about whether we've had one year in the quarterfinals or not, but even then, that's just pretty poor, isn't it? Um, yeah. You've got Newcastle look poor tonight and getting through on penalties. You've got Brentford playing Fulham. There's a couple of opportunities dependent on the draw where we might have even got to the semis there if we'd managed to beat United. But, yeah, there we go. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, on that note, we'll just move on finally to other news this week. A quick bit on loan watch. Albion players on loan. I've been trying to do a little bit on this each week. Ostergaard, he thudded a header against the bar for Kov this week. He had a shot on goal in week one. He's now hit the bar. He's a defender. That's not bad, is it? Maybe we should get him And He's doing quite yeah, well for off. So, fair play to him. Um, Taylor Richards, one of our under-23s, has gone on his first meaningful loan on senior watch. Um, he's opened his account. He scored, I think it was the second goal, in Donny's 4-1 win at home to Bristol Rovers in League One on Saturday. Okay. So, fair play yeah. to him. It was a decent finish as well. Um, yeah. Other news... Just looking through, um, Martin Perry has announced he's going to be resigning. Now, this guy's a legend. We talk about Paul Barber and Tony Bloom and Stan Ashworth and the people that are in now. And amongst those, you particularly talk about Tony Bloom, of course. Mm. Um, previous eras, you talk about Dick Knight and many more besides players and, and people behind the scenes. Martin Perry, everyone knows who he is, but he's a bit of an unsung hero, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's been a a huge figure in Albion's recent history, hasn't he? And the stadium, the training grounds, the planning permissions before all that, for mm. Dean and various other things. It's going to be a shame to see him go, although he's earned his retirement, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. I, what I remember about him is in the bad old days when um, Dick Knight sort of saved, saved the team and then it was, um, right, let's now crusade towards getting a new stadium. You'd have Martin Perry in the background and, he wasn't the flamboyant guy, was he? He was a steady Eddie. He was a guy who was professional. He knew what had to be done. He knew his facts. He knew his figures. He was—he just knew that, that there was a question, a difficult question about the stadium or or the travel to get to the stadium, or anything like that. He knew the answer and he had the answers for it and he was so professional. Um, and then there, there was that time where I think where they were, didn't we all watch the um the hearings um and he was sort of preparing files upon files for those hearings and as the um the solicitors and the lawyers he just thought this is a guy you know you just could trust him and he's the guy who's been behind building that stadium that's gonna be a fitting tribute for him isn't it that stadium um when he when he's retired you he can look back and say you know I built that I got that um I got that planning permission for it I fought for it there it is and he then went on to do the training ground as well i believe he got that sorted out um you know his legacy is fantastic yeah uh, yeah Yeah. proper legend and he's a thoroughly
2: he's a great chap as well he's been to seagulls over london who we're sponsored by and we like to reference that one um and he's a really engaging guy a really nice bloke he's an albion fan through and through um and very likable chap and we wish him all the best, really, and we hope that he can, uh, you know, he can he can really be uh, able to enjoy his retirement. Um, mm-hmm. Even in the later days, he was trying to um, get the hotel planning permission. I yeah. think the club were really frustrated with the decision on that. Part no. of the excuse was it would hinder the view of the stadium for the local residents. Apparently,
1: <laughs> well, after all that, <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> the view
2: that apparently wasn't there anyway because we were tucked into the uh, into the corners. Oh dear, I've, I've tucked into the folds of the South Downs, yeah. yeah, right. But um, but we wish him the very best. We hope he'll come on the show at some point. Um, also back to Seagulls over London, and uh, yeah, he's, he's a great guy, and we wish him all the best. He's thoroughly earned his retirement for sure, and uh, fair play to him. One other point on the Albion by Munich. Um, linked with the Albion this week. It's a far cry from the with days that this such a thing like this would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarek Labdi, apparently Bayern are sniffing around. The world's best team, officially. I say that because yeah. they won the European Cup, which is effectively the World Cup, isn't it, in club mm-hmm. terms. I know Liverpool are technically world champions. Well, Let's say one of the best two teams in the world are sniffing around our right-back. This doesn't sound right, does it? We're Albion. what's going on
1: here? <laughs> yeah, well, just, just like I say, it just shows how, how far we've come. It also shows how well he's played in those last, what, how many games, half a dozen games he's played for us?
2: Yeah, but each of those half ten, a dozen games, games, he's, games,
1: he's yeah. made an impression, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's made an impression. Um, I, I think it's too early. Uh, how much do you think they'd bid for him? How much would we let him, how much would we want to let him go for? Um, what, we bought him three million, is it? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I wonder whether it's just rumour or whether it's, it, it's, it's fact. Um, I don't know. Um, but that, that's just a reflection of the way he's played. If that's true, and bear me are i looking at him. He's just turned 20 today, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's right. So... Happy
2: birthday, Tarek.
1: <sighs> yeah, um, great. It's, it's great. It's great for us to have to be uh, have those types of teams looking at, at the player. I think, really, I think he should stay with us, he should develop with us. I wouldn't move. To, I mean, obviously tempting to move to Bayern, but w- would he get a lot of game time? Um, he came to us for game time, didn't he? That was the reason for his move. He wanted to play first-team yeah, football. Yeah, exactly. He's got it. He's getting first-team football. He's getting rave reviews. Let's see what he's like and how he reacts when he has a few bad games in a row. That's, that's going to be yeah. his first big test. He hasn't really had that yet. So, yeah, I'm... We might struggle to hold on to him if he carries on like this after the end of this season. But no, I, if I was him, my counsel would be to stay with us.
2: Yeah, it's too early, I think. Yeah. I, even even for him, I would, from his point of view, I would imagine he would think it's too early. Yeah. If he's getting this this many plaudits this early, it's not going to go away, is it, to be honest? So it, it, it's up and up from here, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's great. I mean, you know, it's it's a world away, isn't it, from what we've had before getting linked to, to the likes of Bayern and we talked about on national media and yeah. even on news headlines you get the Albion mentioned it's brilliant it's great stuff Um well in other matters just a few bits to go through Um the uh well I was going to say Mines have got uh, rid of their manager don't know if you've heard about this that this week head coach is probably pronounced Hakim be a loser or something like that this sounds awfully similar to be a loser this is clearly what the mine's board thought as well when yeah. they sacked him <laughs> brilliant gotta love it yeah not quite up to the urgen klopp standards one of his predecessors <laughs> which i thought was brilliant on better news charlton have finally got the takeover confirmed but their guy i can't remember his name the danish guy that's been oh yeah. been to take over they had yeah. Paul Elliott I think his name was was the guy that put the injunction out against mm. the takeover he bought the club uh, but it was subject to the owners and directors test which he failed which is pretty mm. impressive because it's hard to <laughs> fail that very hard to fail which makes you think he's not someone Charlton want so <laughs> having failed that and, and his injunction went ahead he successfully got the injunction but apparently there's been a loophole The uh, the Danish guys lawyers have found a loophole and they've I think they've bought the club, but not the company that owns the club or something like that. So they found a way to uh, get into get in behind the scenes. And they've, they've got hold of control of the uh, the club side of things. So it looks like the future's okay. Paul Elliott's still hanging around on the mm. scenes, though. So we'll see what happens with that longer term. But good news for Charlton after, what's his name, De Chatelet, wasn't it? Oh, mm. Awful, they, awful regime. To,
1: they've been battling against that regime for a couple of more than a couple of years now, isn't it? Yeah. I remember they had the um, throwing all the various, is it tennis balls onto the pitch and all those sorts of things. I remember those um, campaigns over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah, exactly. Another team that had a lot of troubles and unfortunately it's not gone well for them is Barry, who were uh, kicked out of the league. Um, yeah. They've more or less gone bankrupt, although technically they're still alive, I think. There's been a Phoenix club formed. Um, There's been a podcast produced by the BBC called Out of Our League, which apparently is very, very good. I've got it on my in my uh, list of things to listen to. I haven't heard it yet. I think there's about six episodes so far, which accounts in detail what's happened with them. Highly recommended by the sounds of it. I know the price of football guys, including our own Albion fan, Kira Maguire recommended yeah. it to the point where it, it beat them in the charts for podcasts uh, downloads so <laughs> they got reprimanded for that by their producers <laughs> um, but uh, apparently worth checking out out of our league about Barry's okay. demise yeah worth a,
1: okay. worth a check well, that's a local um, club to me and uh, a couple of yeah. months ago, was a Barry yeah. fans and uh, they were distraught when they went out of business
2: yeah yeah it's awful times many other clubs are in Severe dire straits. Somebody was saying Scunthorpe United are a very well-run club amongst the lower leagues. And they've Mm. been quoted, or their owners have been quoted as saying, yeah, we're definitely okay for October. And beyond that, maybe not. I mean, it's that Mm -hmm. soon that things could be going wrong. There's been a letter to the government from various people pleading for support. There's been a lot of fuss about whether the Premier League should help out. And the point's been made, probably quite validly, that uh, you know struggling filmmakers and cinemas didn't appeal to Netflix for help mm. when they were struggling, and you could argue the same with the EFL. Mm. The problem is the help shouldn't really be coming from the Premier League because they are, while it's an affluent situation, you know the the costs are high in the Premier League, the, the losses are much higher than normal. The mm. Albion are losing seven figures per game, so mm. nobody's. Nobody's cash rich in the Premier League Mm -hmm. at the moment, comparative to normal. I don't think that's where you're looking at for the funding. You've got to have proper bailouts and proper procedures in place from the government to try and help them. Um, 1.57 billion arts bailout has come from the government. So why not football? The argument for me is, isn't football as valid a cultural entity as any of the arts? Maybe less discerning, maybe more for the common man and common woman. But is that not just as important? It's part of the very fabric of our society, isn't it? For, yeah. for a lot of people, it's it's everything. It's part of their everyday existence.
1: Yeah. I, 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 I have some sympathy with this um, idea of, well, at the end of the day, where's this money coming from? Um, we can't just keep bailing out all these institutions. But I totally agree with you. There seems some sort of disparity, some sort of inequitable um that um something like the arts should get that amount of money and football's just says well uh find find your own answers i think the problem with it is Mm. there's this perception there's so much money swilling around in football um but you're right it's not swilling around at the moment the deals aren't there are they again we shoot ourselves in the foot in football don't we because we go out and we buy you know you see these ridiculous transfer fees still being talked about so hang on you know Mm the normal person, the person in the street will say, well, if you're willing to pay 50, 60 million pounds for a player, um, why can't you use some of that money to, to bail out or help out some of the lower league yeah, clubs? Yeah. So we've got to be a little bit, football's got to be a little bit careful about the way they promote themselves and the way they present themselves to the to the general public and to the government. Because if I was at that, I'd say, why are you doing that? Why are you spending that amount of money on a player when you're yeah. pleading poverty as an industry? Yeah. Um, so, you know.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, what, what annoys me is the likes of... Uh... You know, West Ham are bidding for 30-something million for Tarkovsky. filler have thrown a load of money around. Leeds are throwing yeah. a fair bit of money around. Yeah, Those clubs actually can't afford that. Looking yeah. at what's been said on price of football, yeah, what you can see on accounts, they can't actually afford it. It's a gamble yeah. they're taking. Yeah, And it's really with those clubs that you you have to question mark it. And also, even more so with cities and the Liverpools and the Chelseas. I mean, Chelsea are spending grotesque amounts of money. It's mm. almost... Mm. just unsavoury, isn't it, really, yeah, given the, given yeah. the circumstances? Um, on the other end of the equation, you've got Macclesfield expelled from the National League. Obviously, they additional points deductions were applied to them, which meant they got relegated rather than the Stevenage. That dropped yeah. them out of the league. And because they've subsequently been wound up, technically speaking, mm. subject to any any, any last-minute saves of some sort or another, mm. they're going out of business. And as such, they've been expelled from the National League, which yeah. means they go down a further two divisions minimum depending on what the Ismian league or uh, sorry the um, northern premier league wants to do um, sorry state of affairs you've got a feel for them apparently a very small band of fans comparatively but a good bunch and
1: yeah it's such a shame they did a local um, the local news up here did a, a piece on uh, macclesfield and it's heartbreaking because you like to say well they probably only get about 2000 fans a week um, but all of those fans are also the sort of same people who look after the ticket office, who like the grounds people. Yeah, you
2: know? exactly. And, and they really, great...
1: really care, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they really care about it. And um, like you say, just they're 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 pretty much on the verge of going out of business now if they've not already done so. Um, yeah, and it was very, very sad. But it just follows on from Berry. So there's a whole bunch of teams in that sort of bracket who you worry for.
2: Yeah. And I I want to do a few features on lower league and non-league clubs in some sort of uh, context uh, over the uh, coming weeks. Um, But uh, but you look at the other issue is about uh, step one and two, which is National League, Mm. National League South and North um, are not allowed to have fans. But step three onwards is allowed to have fans. first question is why? What's yeah. the difference between those sets of supporters? Technically, they might get larger crowds in the, the top two steps of non-league, but not necessarily. And even so, just surely you can trust those people to apply sensible, safe logic to how they manage the the crowds. Get yeah. reasonable numbers in. Don't Obviously, don't allow capacities or whatever else, but allow a certain numbers to come in. Allow these people to breathe because they're being suffocated. That's mm. crazy to start with, and and secondly, on top of that, even with the Ismian League and and, and other leagues at the same level, it just feels like there's too many restrictions on that. It's, uh, you're not allowing yeah. people to breathe there.
1: Yeah, I suppose uh, I suppose it's the social again. I'm 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 playing devil's advocate here because I totally agree with you. But they had uh, one of the um, public health guys on the radio the other day trying to explain that, and he was saying that it's not so much about. Um, the where you sit or where you stand when you're in the ground it's where people congregate after the game in in the concourses and also the fact that when they go and leave the game they go to the pub and they go to the social club or whatever it might be so it's not the transmission Mm. in the ground it's the transmissions that happen as a subsequent to the game or just before the game the actual games themselves you probably like you say they're safe but it's What's happened beforehand, but I think you should be treating people like adults and say, look, yeah. you know what the restrictions are. You know, as long as the grounds are doing what they they have to do, they shouldn't be penalised. Yeah. So I, um, I, I, I would say, yeah, you know, these guys, these these teams are are, are really under threat, and we should uh, be trying to support them. And if they are safe and they can take fans, and they can prove they can take fans safely, just let them in.
2: Yeah, lip service means nothing to us. So the government can say what they want, but they have to help them. They have to Mm. allow certain levels, and and the authorities where they're where they're to blame need to allow the clubs to be able to breathe. And I just don't think they are. I think there's yeah, you're saying it's it's up to the clubs to do what they need to do. They've got to get a certain amount of things in order, and then it's up to the individuals. Other in other areas of life, you're allowed to congregate in larger numbers. It's ridiculous. Um, The other thing is Paul Barber said it's a giant backward step to not allow um, these smaller numbers to come into grounds from October or whether he means from a little bit later down the line. The idea of March is ridiculous. That's going to cause all sorts of mayhem. We've shown that we can facilitate a small number of fans to our grounds Mm. and it is largely reliant on public transport. So it's not as if we've got an easy scenario in terms of managing Mm. crowds around the stadium. And we've proved that we are able to do it. If we can do it, why can't others? It should be up to the clubs to to, to do what they can. Um, a depressing state of affairs. We just hope we don't get a second spike, at least. Mm, um, mm. But I do fear for the number of clubs in the league. It's, I could see a number of them going under. There's already a lot of worries. Um, on a, t- Turning the issue to a couple of final points before we finish off. Mm-hmm. Um, Dermot Gallagher, I was um, watching him on Sky Sports News on his Ref Watch this week. In relation to handball, I'm not talking about the pay incident because I think that was uh, probably wasn't technically it was, it was a correct decision, but he said in relation to how many all these ridiculous decisions have occurred over the last couple of weeks, that refs' hands are tied regarding the handball rule, that we can't pick and choose or interpret situations with common sense. Uh, he also said that IFAB have insisted that we tighten up the, um, the ruling in terms of the interpretation of the rule of handball, where we've been more lenient than other countries. If you look at the stats, all of the major European leagues have much larger numbers of handball penalty concessions mm. already from previous mm. seasons. Ours has escalated already. We've seen the yeah the figures has gone exponentially up. Um, but now there's a call already, based on on that and other comments, that we should be more subjective. There's been a, a widespread call for subjectivity and effectively initiative being shown by refs to give the benefit of the doubt. Mm. The argument is we've got a product that is the most successful product probably in the world for football, mm. certainly in Europe. So should we do exactly what they do elsewhere in Europe or should we actually keep the product as it is, which is what people want as it is? It, it seems that we're spoiling the game. It, I've got to say some of those decisions at the weekend were preposterous um, mm. The Kieran Dyer handball, the um, the Everton mm. Palace game, those those shouldn't be handball, should they?
1: No, no. But okay, I'm I'm playing the advocate here, the devil's advocate on all of this at the moment. <laughs> but there is a line of questioning which says, or line of reasoning that says, all these goals that are going in are good for the game. Um, they're they're what makes the game attractive to outside investors, of outside broadcasters. It brings the money in. You're seeing five twos. You're seeing, you know, very strange results at the moment. Some of them pure by these handballs. So actually, you know, there may be some method in the madness in that rule change. I don't believe it. I don't believe that argument. I think, you know, it's a ridiculous rules. Some of these, gu- some of these penalties yeah. are, are atrocious. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I think it's ruining the game um I, I i don't know are we allowed to change it mid season can they make a change is that allowed yeah
2: apparently we we can appeal to ifab who effectively run the ruling um by november i think uh yeah. it won't affect this season but we need to get in by november to persuade them to change it for next season because they go right. through a series of committees or whatever i suppose yeah. um so i think the interpretation is the ambiguous bit. I think the refs could, if they wanted to, and mm-hmm. if they were allowed to, could, could interpret the rules uh, a little bit. There's yeah. a certain amount of common sense involved, which is what yeah. we've done last last time. As soon as we've gone in line with what IFAB wanted, it's been a, a big fuss. So I think we could appeal to their better senses to say, look, this particular product, this particular country, it's good as it is. It's being yeah. ruined this season. Everyone's up in arms. Let's change it back. Can we be subjective? Will you allow us? I think that's what we could probably do now. Yeah. But in terms of getting the rule changed for next season, I think we have to we have to get um, submissions approved by the end of November or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what okay. I've heard. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it's set for the season basically in terms of the the hard rulings. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, final thing for me: Diego Costa on his new strike partnership with Luis Suarez. One can do the biting. One could do the fighting. <laughs> it's a match made in heaven at Atletico, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: God, can you imagine it's if we have gone ultra through ultra
2: shit houses of? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's our striker. We should five point five million, Nick. Oh, we have no. him, can we? Oh, God. The sunny south. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would have been a buy, wouldn't it? That would have been a coup.
2: He's possibly the best player, certainly one of the best players I've seen at the Amex. He yeah. was amazing. Well, we played him in the league cup when we were in the lower division. Uh, amazing player. I mean, yeah. since then, yeah, Aguero, uh, and De Bruyne and Silva yeah. and, yeah. uh, and Salah and a few others have come along. Uh, but he's certainly up there with them. Uh, great player, but a yeah. bit bitey, It's
1: true. Yeah. A <laughs> yeah. He likes to chomp. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so on that note, I think we'll leave it. Thank you very much for joining me, Nick. It's always great to have you on. When you, when you and Alistair came on before, I think it's one of my my most enjoyable podcasts so far I've done, and this is up there as well. Oh, despite geez. the results. And oh.
1: I didn't swear once.
2: <laughs> you didn't in the end, yeah. We did need that swear filter, did we? After all. <laughs> so thanks for joining me uh if you're interested in seagulls over london remember it's uh we're sponsored by them and the email is www.seagullsoverlondon.com if you want to contact the show it's at Brighton Rock Pod. if you're looking on twitter or you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com in the meantime that's it for tonight that's it for the manchester united extravaganza Uh, We move on to Everton at the weekend, where we're definitely getting that one-all draw, aren't we, Nick? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And let's hope we can step on from here. We've been a bit unlucky. Let's get some luck and let's get some good results. Till then, stand all full, up the Albion.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.